It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. This is episode number seven. I'm Steve Titchener here in the studio. And on the line, we got New Jersey Devils announcer Matt Lachlan. But make no mistake, the man knows basketball. As a matter of fact, he called uh, the Seton Hall uh, Seton Hall Marquette game out in Milwaukee. How was that trip, Matt? Uh, it was great, Steve. And as always, good to be with you. Unfortunately, our trio is not together as uh, John has some sort of a conflict. But it was great. I mean, to be accurate... Dave Popkin called the game as the play-by-play mm-hmm. announcer. Right. I slid over into his chair as a, the analyst, but it was fun. Cool. I had a blast. It was a quick in and out. And unfortunately, it didn't end in a good fashion. A Seton Hall was edged by a point. But uh, oh, and we'll, I, I had a blast. It was so much fun. That's great. And we'll get into that because that was, that was a rough call right there. But let's talk about the game that we're fresh off of. And that's uh, last night. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. So uh, Rutgers played uh, Iowa last night at uh, the Jer- uh, Jersey Mike's Arena. And man, what an incredible game. What an incredible atmosphere. And I got to tell you, 1.9 ticks left on the clock. The uh, Iowa taking the ball out from the um, from the baseline. And I'm thinking this is the same thing. This was the Wise Comp play uh, from uh, two years ago. And where he hit the baseline banker uh, that we know of that just crushed everybody at the uh, at then the rack. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, is this going to happen again? And I got to tell you, it was a throw catch to Keegan Murray. And he had a good look, man. My heart sank. And but he was (laughs) he was gassed and he uh, he just threw the ball up there. Looked like a really good look. And it was an air ball. He didn't even get the rim. And so Rutgers uh, escapes uh, probably the best defense I've ever seen from them, which is saying a lot because, you know, they, they lead with their defense. But it was incredible defense. Take a team that averages 86 points and keep them 40 points under that uh, is pretty is pretty incredible. They, they played some really good defense. The problem is on the other side of it is their their offense was pr- probably as bad as I've seen it as well uh, or close to. Uh, there was a lid on the bucket, and um, that's a concern moving forward. I mean, offense will be a concern. Uh, just no touch uh, inside. Uh, um, Clifford uh, Omori, was, uh, he was tough, uh, great on the boards, great defensively, but uh, he struggled around the rim, uh, didn't have a lot of touch. Uh, you know, when he can grab it and flush it, that's one thing. But uh, the little chippies, the little five-footers, the little, uh, you know, the bankers, the little small stuff, um, he struggled with a little bit and struggled considerably last night. So did Paul Mulcahy and, frankly, the rest of the team. There was a lot of a lot of layups that were missed last night. And um, that's something, you know, Rutgers moving forward. You know, they need to finish around the basket. But, hey, take the win all day. Um, Iowa came in, I believe, ranked number 19 in the country. Um, a high-powered offense. And, really, uh, Rutgers did what they needed to do there. And, um, you know, uh, it wasn't pretty. It was an ugly game, and a lot of people. That's all I heard is I heard ugly a lot uh, uh, reading uh, articles uh, today. But uh, but hey, Rutgers will take that win all day for sure. And a bit of an ugly foul as well, and somewhat controversial. Oh yeah, uh, at the end there, uh, you know, Fran McCaffrey, the head coach of Iowa, said this game shouldn't have gone overtime, and it was a bit of a, a ticky tack call. I think. Look, 
human beings officiate games. And we'll talk mm-hmm. later about the Seton Hall yeah. ending to the Marquette game. And I get the frustration and things happen quick and you see what you see and you make the call. You're, you're taught to be decisive. But I also think there has to be some sense of that, you know, Harper Jr. was not impeded much at all. Like that didn't affect the play. So it's a little play on to me. The, the officials cannot stick their nose into a game. These athletes are fighting tooth and nail. So I think the officials sometimes stick their nose into it way too much. I think that they have to understand these are athletes who have competed for 40 minutes and you've got to let it play out. I mean, that was such an incidental contact. Oh, it was a foul. touch foul. And I mean, even Rutgers fans, even where I was sitting, was like, whoa, man, we knew that was that was a bad call. Uh, there was yeah, a lot. Make it. Yeah, uh, there was plenty of bad calls. I mean, such a physical game like this. I understand the challenge of it. But here's the thing. It's better just to swallow the whistle to make a bad call. I've always said that. I know it's, you know, they, you know, the officials are there for a reason to officiate a game, but it was just such incidental contact. It was happening all game. So if you're going to call that and call it all game and, but you'd be blowing the whistle constantly because there was a, yes, there was contact. Yes, he did body him uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, you know, but you know, Ron Harper jr. Was the, that's the way those, the, the guys were playing it. You know, that's that's the way uh, Keegan Murray and and uh, and uh, Ron Harper Jr. They were, they were very physical with each other last night. Mm-hmm. So to give that little touch foul, you know, I, I didn't agree with it. But, hey, it, you know, it kind of gift wrapped the win. Uh, you know, uh, Ron Harper Jr. hit uh, two. And uh, that was pretty much set up that uh, last second shot that did not go. Uh, and uh, and Rutgers pulls out the win. But, I you know, you never want you, you know, you'll take the win, but it's still. Um, uh, that was definitely a bad call. Certainly Rutgers has been on the other side of that. So, Hey, Rutgers fans will take it, but, uh, it, it was not a good call. And, uh, I think what happens in that spot, and it's certainly happened with Bryce Aiken in the Marquette game is that there's contact. And so a lot of times refs like, Oh, there's contact. There's gotta be a whistle. And, you know, and then usually it's going to go against the defensive player, no matter what. I mean, and so in that in that case, um, it was just a little bit of incidental contact, man. So wow. Yeah, and, it wasn't much. Yeah. And because it came when it did, I mean, you could pick a call that occurred with ten minutes to go in the game or five minutes into the game right. and say, Oh, that wasn't much and it's forgotten. But when it comes at that point, I just think there's gotta be a little bit of play on. I was listening to an English premier soccer league game. Now I'm not comparing the best soccer league in the world to a big 10 basketball game, but there was a foul called and the person who was doing commentary on the game, a former player just said, you can't make that call in that circumstance. It was late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it led to a direct kick. And I, I don't, I said, I don't think it affected the outcome per se. I don't think they scored on it, but he said, it's late in the game. These teams have been battling at a hellacious pace and you, you can't call that foul. And his opinion was, and, I kind of think it happens here and maybe a little bit uh, on Saturday at Marquette, somewhat different circumstances. Uh, the officials have to recognize the, the circumstance. And that was his argument in the EPL game. Like officials have to know that these great athletes have laid it all on the line for mm-hmm. coming up on 90 minutes in that soccer game. And right. to make that call just was just wrong. It, it kind of runs counter to 
competition. And I, I think that might have happened last night. Oh, Doesn't no, mean no. that Rutgers wasn't going yeah. to win the game at some mm-hmm. point. They deserve all credit for the defensive effort. I mean, Iowa was right. a high-scoring team, and they were just kept off balance all night. But mm-hmm. it was a tough way to lose the game. And I'll tell you, I, you know, the best player on that court last night, and in my opinion, was it was not Keegan Murray. The best player on that court, it, it was Cliff O'Mori. I mean, that, that guy is going to the NBA. There's no question. I mean, we're seeing him develop now. Um, he's got great footwork. Uh, he's starting to fill out. You know, he starts, his legs are bigger. Um, you could tell he's putting some work in the in the weight room. I mean, he's he's an, he's a really really exceptional athlete. The problem with him is just getting get, you're getting comfortable around the basket and figuring out a way to get those shots. But but as far as grabbing the basketball and and dunking it, I I've, the, just the move I've never seen someone do it quicker. Really, I mean he grabs that thing and in a flash he slams it. It's it's really it's really something to watch. Unfortunately, when he's not slamming it, that's the problem with him. He only scored seven points last night and against Maryland, I believe he had six. So he's um. You know he is—he's uh, playing good defense. He had a—he had 14, a career high uh, in rebounds uh, last night with 14. Um, so uh, a lot of—and he's developing defensively as well. He's not uh, getting in foul trouble. Uh, he's staying out of foul trouble, which is is so important because he doesn't have a lot behind him. Although uh, Dean Reber has been playing better, uh, he's certain—he's starting to find himself as well. I mean, Geo Baker has been cold. Geo is cold. Uh, you know, last couple of games and and last night as well, he he um he hasn't been playing um he hasn't been playing very well uh, uh, offensively. His shots not going down. He still does a lot of the little things. He still plays good defense along with Callum McConnell, good defensive player again. Uh, but these are the guys you can't really well. Geo usually you can count on to score, and usually he's the, he's the go to guy, but he hasn't been. Uh, and um. You know, I, I just think, as I said before, Matt, that down the road, that's going to be the concern. They're, oh, I think they're always going to be able to keep themselves in games defensively. But, man, you got to score. And, uh, and you know, listen, Iowa is not known as a good defensive team. They played pretty damn good defense yet, uh, last night as well. Got to give them credit because they no, don't, normally don't play that. But then again, uh, you know, Rutgers isn't known to, to be that high-powered offensive team and really – um, that you know, you, you know, you get teased with a, a ninety-plus point effort against Nebraska and such, uh, but uh, when you're playing a, 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 another Big Ten team that's really playing some 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 elite defense, it's it's uh, Rutgers has struggled to get the ball in the hoop for sure. Well, and and that's why yes, uh, Iowa did some nice things defensively, but that wasn't the story. It was really all about Rutgers' defense. That was mm-hmm. what Steve Peichel has built his foundation on when he came to Rutgers, it was about defense and it, it got away from them. They, they weren't that tough earlier in the year. Now they're starting to build a little something nice win against Maryland on the road. Now they come home and they beat Iowa. You know, mm-hmm. suddenly it's what four out of five or five out of six that they've won. And things are looking a lot brighter. Defense should never wane. That mm-hmm. if that's your foundation, like, how do you stop good defense? You can't. You can stop good offense, but you can't stop good defense. And if Rutgers can maintain their defensive presence, they will be a much more difficult team to play against. And you hope that the hole is not so deep that they can't climb out of it. There's there's no room for error, or relatively little room for error, but things are looking a lot brighter than they did 
three weeks ago for sure. Well, after the uh, tough start, they're eleven and six now, five and two in the Big Ten. So, uh, but there's a tough stretch coming up. Uh, speaking of uh, Maryland, I went to the game uh, at the Xfinity Center. Boy, uh, I didn't realize how big that uh, arena was. Right on campus. Oh, huge! Yeah, didn't realize it was right in campus too. It's it's right mm-hmm. on uh, right on the uh, Maryland's campus. There, uh, seventeen thousand plus fit into that arena. I didn't know it was as big as the Rock. I, I thought it was, you know. Uh, a, a smaller arena, but uh, wow, a beautiful, beautiful venue. It's 20 years old now, but wow, it's, it's just a really, really nice um, and empty. Uh, I think yeah, with the empty, whole, that's the thing. well, I think the thing with Mark Turgeon leaving abruptly, I think Terp fans are kind of, um, you know, uh, on their, on their heads. They don't, uh, they're not sure about wh- where the program's going and such. I mean, um, and you know, here Rutgers came in and, and played a pretty bad half. Their first half, they did not play well at all. They didn't have a lot of energy. Again, you're thinking road woes. When's it ever going to end? But my goodness, in the second half, and I would not. I mean, I I I told my the friends I was with was uh, it's uh, Karen and Scott. Uh, they live in in right outside in Crofton, uh, right outside of College uh, Park, and. Uh, uh, Karen grew up with uh, my wife, Sandy. So, uh, you know, uh, great, great uh, couple. And we we go to sporting events all the time, which is kind of cool. We're going to go down to uh, uh, get check out a um, Oriole game. We've been planning on doing that for a while. But anyway, this is um, it was uh, it, it, I, I told them I turned to uh, Scott and said, I'm completely surprised that they came back off an 11 point um, deficit because it's not, you know, Rutgers isn't known for coming back off a, of, of that with that kind of offense. Uh, with, uh, uh, you know, uh, 11 points uh, having to make up. I just didn't think it was going to happen. My goodness, they they won by 11. So they outscored Maryland the second half uh, by uh, by 22. Uh, You know, the first half, they were, you know, Maryland's quickness was bothering them. Quick teams seemed to bother. Uh, Rutgers, uh, Fats Russell was, was, uh, uh, had a good first half and not a good second half. But um, but they seem to put it together. I mean, Peichel did a good job with adjustments in the second half. Uh, they stopped fouling, so uh, Maryland wasn't getting to the line, and and uh, you know they started hitting shots, and then you know, and here it is. And we we've said this many times, Matt. If uh, if Ron Harper Jr. is uh, is is on, uh, you know, Rutgers is tough to beat. He had a career high thirty one points, most of those points coming in the second half. And when he's playing like that and really didn't get much from Gio either, you know, Gio doing the other things very well, but not in the, not hitting a lot of shots because he's been cold the last couple of games. But uh, Ron Harper Jr. Is, uh, is picking it up even at 15 last night against Iowa. He's the top scorer uh, in a game where points were hard to find. And so he's he's been huge. And uh, if he can keep playing at that level, um, you know, Rutgers can stay in these games and their defense can, you know, can keep them in these games as well. So because the stretch coming up, boy, is is, is tough. I mean, they've got, um, yeah, they, you know, look, they've got Minnesota uh, this weekend, although Minnesota might be on a COVID pause. So that's uh, waiting on that. Then they get Maryland at home, should be able to take care of business there. And then they get they're at Nebraska and at Northwestern. So, you know, those are games that, um, that, that they can win. And uh, and then they have a really rough go in in, uh, in February. Then it's the Michigan State, Ohio State at Wisconsin, you know, Illinois at Purdue at Michigan. So so February is murderers row. Uh, so they've got to pick up these wins and take care of what they can in in January. And the way they're playing, there's no reason why they can't. But man, 
You just don't get a night off in this league. We've said it numerous times, but the Big Ten is tough. And um, and there's still a lot, a lot of work uh, if they want to um, if they want to get in the tournament, which is still in front of them there, even though they had that rough uh, start. They can still they can still pull it off um, and, and we'll see. We'll see if they can do that. Uh, but me, meanwhile, uh, Seton Hall, let's take a break, Matt. Listen to a message from our sponsor, LG Insurance, and then we'll get back. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about Seton Hall. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast sponsored by LG Insurance. And, and Matt, in the last show, um, I was praising uh, Seton Hall. And then did I jinx them, perhaps? I mean, I was, you know, outstanding defense and, uh, and a well-rounded offensive team with, uh, with uh, guys that, uh, that are clear role players. And, and, uh, and that's still true. But what happened, what seemed to abandon them, um, after I said that was the defense, uh, for sure. I mean, what happened with uh, against DePaul? It gave up 96 points to DePaul. Had to be surprising with the way uh, the way the Hall was playing. Shocking, actually, is the word. Uh, if you said that they were going to go one and one on that two-game trip to the Midwest, you would have thought for sure DePaul would be a victory. Marquette maybe a loss. Marquette's playing better. They just beat Villanova last night. They've won five in a row. So uh, they are a different look team for sure. But you would have never thought 0-2. And, you know, they started off on a bad foot. Now they tend to beat DePaul. Mm-hmm. But DePaul tends to give them, especially in Chicago, trouble for whatever reason. And, yeah, it was just uh, just too many points scored. I mean, they just were porous defensively. And then the Marquette game, they, they got off to a rough start. Marquette's playing with some confidence now, and they were on fire offensively. But Seton Hall didn't have a five-point lead late in the game, relatively late in the game, couldn't get it to that seven or nine and kind of put Marquette away or at least give them some doubts and credit to the Golden Eagles. They stayed right with it and were able to pull one off uh, at the end. I mean, it was, without a doubt, a controversial finish. Uh, it was a foul that was called with under two seconds to go, very similar to the Rutgers situation, a lot more contact than there was in the Rutgers game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The question was, though, did Bryce Aiken bump the man or did Bryce Aiken get an elbow to the face? And Bryce Aiken got an elbow to the face. Well, it it, was, uh, again, it's a tough call. Yeah, it was a very tough call, but uh, I think one that had to be made given the circumstance. Obviously, um, you know, Greg Elliott was was looking to draw the foul, uh, but it didn't look like Bryce Aiken bit enough. Bryce Aiken stood stood his ground, was straight up, and Elliott leaned into him. So, but I mean, here it is. There, there's contact, and is that ref going to call an offensive on Elliott? I mean, in that spot. You just you're, you're not going to see that, but I, I understand Bryce Aiken's gripe there, and certainly Willard's gripe there. Uh, Willard took the high road as he always does, and just didn't say any no no comment to the whole thing. But it was a terrible call, and again, 
a situation where you're, 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 it's that tight and you don't want to see it. And I agree with it last night, too, um, that, um, you know, perhaps the game should go into overtime rather than settle it that way with uh, on the fa- on, on the free throw line uh, on calls that were really too touchy. Uh, in that case, not so much touchy, but in, in, in that situation, it was just not accurate because what's Bryce Aiken going to do other than stand his ground, put his hand straight up? Is he going to drop back? No, that's not the play there. If he's he's allowed to keep his keep his ground and 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 uh, put his hand straight in the air, which is what he did, and um, mm-hmm. uh, and really just a, a bad call. Uh, and um, and you were you were right there. You had a great seat there, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad call. There's no question about it. Uh, Seton Hall, though, I, I think put themselves in a position where they allowed the game to be t- to determined that way. They gave up too many fast break points. They turned the ball over way too much. Fair credit to Marquette for taking advantage of it. But Seton Hall should not have been in the position where a call like that decides the game. So, yes, it shouldn't have been made. But Seton Hall should have had a lead in that game had they played a little better. So the only good news for Seton Hall is that they had a game on Tuesday postponed at this point. Uh, I think it'll be made up, but they're trying to squeeze it in against Providence because of COVID issues with the Friars. So they've had a full week. Mm -hmm. Seton Hall uh, played Saturday afternoon in Milwaukee. They'll play this Saturday at Madison Square Garden against St. John's. It's it's a game that Seton Hall has to win. Then they come back on Monday and play St. John's at Walsh Gymnasium. So they've got they've got an opportunity to get things back on the right side of things. There are you know college basketball practices are not open on a regular basis or for a long period of time to the media. So I'm not sure exactly what Kevin Willard has been working on. He did say on the post game interview that he was going to do some things offensively, but acknowledge the team has to get back to some defensive basics. Right now, there's been a little too much watching. Bryce Aiken do his thing. He's a terrific player. He's been great. Uh, hey, that's, he he's has still... been. But if you watch him, anybody who watches him regularly, you know, he gets the ball and then he's trying to beat two guys and then he backs up and the ball's still in his hand and he tries to beat another guy and then he's got the fallback jumper. All that's good, except he's got four guys standing around. And so the, uh, the, uh, the Pirates don't distribute the ball very well mm-hmm. and that's the problem so they've got to get more touches and you know if they do they'll be yeah. fine the, the pieces are still there uh it's just that the bloom is off the rose a little bit yeah and you you got you yeah. can't forget about defense too and they were better against marquette the depaul was just a just a rough night but uh but they uh they were much better against marquette in the second yeah. half they were yeah. marquette was able to like I said, they had a lot of points off of turnovers, mm-hmm. a lot of fast break points. So their defense wasn't great, mm-hmm. particularly right. in the first half. It got better in the second half. Well, like you said, okay, now you got a home and home with St. John's. I mean, now that's that that's a good time to see them. You know, you're not seeing Villanova or Xavier or anybody on them on right now on the schedule. They're coming, but you're not seeing them. Then you then you go home. You can avenge the uh, loss to Marquette. Uh, and then you go to Georgetown and boy, I don't know what Patrick's doing down there, but Georgetown looked like they were going to take a step up and they just haven't been that good this year. And then you got Creighton back at the rocks. So you've got some very winnable games coming up to really be able to right the ship and get back. I mean, you're out of the top 25. Okay. 
But uh, there's no reason why, why Seton Hall can't get, get this thing back uh, rolling again because they still are, without question, a very good team. They are. And it, it's not a matter of whether or not they'll make the NCAA tournament. Hey, listen, barring a, a complete collapse, it's just you want to be able to take what looks like it can be a special season and perform. Uh, you know, I would just challenge a little bit about, you know, those winnable games. Uh, yes, St. John's definitely is. But here comes Marquette. Like I said, they just mm-hmm. beat Nova. They've won yeah. five straight. Uh, it's a very young team. A lot of transfers. Uh, even guys who just like played one year in the A-10 and uh, now playing for Marquette. Uh, Tyler Kolick is the guy I'm talking about. But it's a very young team. But playing with some experience, but uh, rather with some confidence. Mm-hmm. Georgetown, yes, not a very good team. Uh, you know, Creighton's not going to be easy. No. Uh, they surprised a little bit. So I don't know how easy the tournament is. I mean, the yeah, tournament, how easy the rest of the schedule is. But there are chances, without a doubt, for Seton Hall to take care of business. They still got Villanova. They still got Connecticut. And you got Marquette. So, you uh, get Creighton at home, you know, back at the Rock. I mean, so... Um, it's and, 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 you know, good, you know, we, we talked about this in the last show, anytime you go on the road, you know, it's crapshoot. And even in the, even when you're clearly, when your roster looks like it's a, it's the better roster, you, you go on the road, it's just a different story. And, and so Seton Hall guy took a, took a bite, took a bite, uh, this, no, this past week, but, um, you but, know, Xavier's uh, very good. So, I'm, you know, it's not that he's, but yes, uh, Seton Hall has the ability to be able to turn things around where they are right now is not hopefully where they end up, but they've got to be able to figure a way to distribute the ball a little bit more, get more players involved. Yeah. And they got, you know, they got nice pieces too. I mean, Alexis Yetna has been very, that's a, it's a nice player. And Kadari Richmond kind of, again, all over the place comes out one night and he's on fire and then uh, he's kind of, uh, he'll go away. You know, it seems like the guy, the, the guy that's bringing it every night, the two guys, essentially Bryce Aiken, and, and Jarrett Roden are the guys that, that just bring it every night. And, uh, man, they can score. So uh, they just got to get that defense back uh, on track. And I think these guys uh, these guys will be fine. Yeah, but it starts Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they lose to St. John's, Ugh, I yeah. really don't think they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seton Hall's comfortable playing at the Garden. Yeah, they play well at the Garden. It's unusual for them. Right. They do. So it, it, and they've had all this time off and they've worked on a lot of things. And I, I just, I, I think they are facing two must wins. It'll be wild on Monday when they play at Walsh, a student's only game, uh, because a, a game against St. John's had been postponed because of COVID issues and scheduling slots not available at Prudential Center. They'll play on campus. There'll be 1,100 people at the game. It's just going to be a wild atmosphere, but those are both must win games. And then, then there is, as you said, there's the revenge game against Marquette and it will be at Prudential center. So there's, mm-hmm. there's certainly opportunities abounding for Seton hall, but they got to do it. They got to do it. Yeah. Exciting, uh, exciting games uh, uh, coming up for sure. And did you see that Jerry Recco, uh, the Rutgers uh, radio announcer got uh, the, uh, um, the board you won, um, New Jersey Sportscaster of the Year. Yeah, terrific. Yeah. Congratulations to Jerry. Yeah. Does a wonderful job at Rutgers basketball. 
Yeah, and does. That he deserves all the kudos that come his way. Absolutely. He does an excellent job. And I listen to him all the time because what I do is, you know, after the game, I run out to my car and then I get 710 on and listen to the post game with those guys. And he, he yeah, he does a great job. He's been on our uh, show a few times. We've got to get him back on. I mean, he's so busy. It's hard to get him sometimes, but uh, it'd be great to have him back on. Uh, and so we, we will move forward here. We'll get Johnny back on the show. Uh, Coach Johnny um, gives us a lot of good perspective, and, and his Providence Friars are uh, playing some uh, some good basketball. They got to get these COVID first, issues. First place in the Big East. Get these COVID issues behind you, though, man. And then you know who knows if yep. Rutgers is even going to play this weekend because Minnesota's got problems right now. So this COVID thing is still an issue. Uh, hopefully, we're going to see this get uh, you know certainly heading into the spring. It looks like it's going to um, it's going to start uh, it, not maybe not completely go away, but at least um, these uh, most of these teams will have it under control and most college campuses will have it under control and we won't have um, uh, these pauses that we're seeing, but we still see, uh, we're still seeing some pauses uh, uh, with COVID uh, heading into the end of the month and into February. So hopefully, um, that, hopefully we can get back to just regular basketball, certainly uh, tournament time too, right, Matt? Certainly, just for, you know, so we can just have, um, uh, you know, a regular uh, fan experience as well. Like, we're not right at the rack right now. You can't get food or anything. I mean, I, I that's kind of my go-to thing to grab a pretzel or whatever, maybe even a beer. But you can get water, but that's it. Um, so so they're they're getting uh, hurt on the concessions uh, at uh, Jersey uh, Mike's Arena. So, um, and interestingly enough, at the Xfinity Center, they even though you had to wear a mask, you had to show your card, uh, your vaccination card outside they were serving food um at, at xfinity center so all these arenas have different policies but and nevertheless hopefully when we get into the spring this will all be behind us and uh and we can hope for just a little more normalcy uh in, in the arenas and anyway we'll we'll cover it all heading in through uh we're gonna have a big uh, end of the month here and into february a lot of great basketball we'll check out some other teams too we'll look into princeton we talked about monmouth last week we'll talk about some of the other uh college programs st peter's uh, in is the on st peter's let's talk a little bit about them as well i'd love to get out to some of these places and watch them play too especially like to get down to monmouth at some some point so that'll do it for uh this week's show uh check us out on uh spotify you can find us on soundcloud where we host also itunes and we have some other uh directories that you can find us at and uh we uh, have this show weekly uh, it's sponsored by lg insurance i'm steve tishner here with matt lachlan and we'll catch you all next week on the jersey hardwood podcast bye-bye